in Kennesaw. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting yet today from the Buffalo Bill Farm and Ranch Expo that's taking place in North Platte. And unfortunately, it's a day that we went from lots of green on the screen like we saw yesterday to some red going on. Not as bad as what it could have been, but we still see a drop in the soybeans. You knew at some point these beans were going to have to take just a tad bit of a breather. We're going to look at not only what's going on in these these bean markets, but the lack of bullish news that we see in the trade today that kind China cancellation. There's some questions around that. Um, the energies are off. Crude is off. Russia's kind of quiet. And the weather picture in South America is uneventful. Boring is good, I think, at this point for them, but definitely on the uneventful. We are going to look at all of that today as we bring in Heather Ramsey. She is with the ARC Group. And let's talk about these beans to start out with. I mean, what comes up must come down. And, and we saw a little bit of that going on today. Yeah, I... You know, soybeans have just been on an overall tear for the last two weeks of trading. They've been super positive. There's been hints of seeing maybe some weakness in soybeans and yet still managing to close positive leading up to today. And today we finally saw them close um, either down minimally or neutral. Um, No real significant gains anywhere in this old crop or even the new crop 22 uh, we do see a little teeny tiny bit of gain clear out into the 23, but nothing to ride home about and get super excited with. Um, so, you know, the first day really in two weeks that we see weakness in the soybeans, that is, a lot of it is, is drugged down because of all of the commodities around it and a little bit of pressure in some of their supporting markets. Um, it's not an end-all, be-all, you know, new today. But we kind of needed that breather, needed a little bit of a recap. It looks like uh, funds were sellers of soybeans helping to drive that market. Um, Selling off about 3,000 contracts of soybeans. Um, If you look over into the corn with funds as well, just talking about that number quick, uh, net sellers about 8,000 contracts of corn today. It's a little bit bigger number over there. But in general, the, the fundamentals, the structure of the soybean market, nothing major has changed a little bit of a backing off of maybe some of those headline pieces that play into soybeans, those not being as loud or as heavily traded today. So a little breather here, um, just a little bit of a break. If you if you look at old crop soybeans, I think one of the most fascinating things to look at is that we're up $3 basically on old crop soybeans since December 1st. So that's just amazing in and of itself. It's, it's still great numbers, great opportunity, even with the pullback. I think that the picture is still painted the same way it was painted yesterday, so to speak, on soybeans. And so no real fundamental changes with today's market trade. You know, and I, fi- I find it interesting because we kind of lose focus of the bigger picture and we look at that, you know, that change on, on the right-hand side of that screen, and we just notice it's red or it's green, but we forget where we were just a few days ago, where we were a week ago, and we are still got some decent numbers on there for the soybeans. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage anyone who's got soybeans or in the soybean market or looking at selling even new crop soybeans, go look at those charts. Uh, those charts, when you can step back and see them from kind of that 1,000-foot deal, shows you over the last month, two months, how much work this soybean market has done. You know, for our standpoint, this is the time of year. This is the, seasonally, this is the best time of year to start selling soybeans and corn. 
And to see how much work has been done leading up to this point kind of makes you think, well, holy cow here, we're on, we're on to something. Um, we should be actively participating in this market. And for as much as the market has rewarded you, we are definitely encouraging farmers to take advantage of those rewards the market has given us. Start pricing some things um, on the new crop. You know, get yourself actively um, in play with this market. Uh, old crop soybeans, you know, just a phenomenal move. Great places to start pricing. Great places to move bins at. Uh, basis is still relatively strong here in Nebraska. So it just in general, even on a down day, Susan, I'm like, <laughs> beans are great. <laughs> what, a, what about the, the risk off that's going on in the corn market? We saw it yesterday in the trade. As we look at today, there was still some negativity going on. What are your thoughts on the way we see the movement there? Yeah, you know, on on corn, um, not quite as few supporting pieces out there on corn. And a little bit more of that tie-in from corn into the wheat market and corn into our macro financial markets is what I think we're seeing. We're also seeing um, a little bit more of that play-in with the ethanol and crude and corn mix kind of coming back around. Um, yesterday and today, probably some sharing of spending um, coming in versus that quote-unquote surprise stocks number for ethanol. Now, I am more boots on the ground, and so I see and I hear all the ethanol things around us anyway, actively sourcing corn, actively producing ethanol, like no one's backing off of anything. And so to see a big ethanol stock number, me personally, I wasn't all that stocked. Like, I kind of expect that. Um, we're in the wintertime, we're building ethanol stocks, and it's winter, and so we're not doing a whole lot of driving or as much as normal. Um, but what I will say about that is uh, crude has been a little bit Stagnant. You know, we're, we're up a little bit here uh, today on the market, day to day, but we kind of stalled a little bit um, versus, I think, where the market expectation was for crude oil to go, which then makes it look like ethanol margins have stalled out a little bit as well. So slightly weaker on the ethanol margin, big ethanol stocks, that puts pressure on the corn market. And then you have this uncertainty going on with uh, Ukraine and Russia. Now, that seems to have settled out a little bit which has also helped to reduce some premiums um, out there um, with weed and then corn. Um, through the last couple weeks, uh, really, that's kind of been our headline. So not much of a headline right now to keep driving that wheat and corn market in relation to Russia and Ukraine. So a lot of kind of backing off of the headline-type things for corn, as well as in that what, I, what I'm hearing called a surprise ethanol stocks number, kind of shocking the market a little bit yesterday. We do have a lot more coming up as we hit the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. For over 85 years, Fontenelle Hybrids has brought consistency to Nebraska farmers. Fontenelle dealer Dusty Mim near Sutton talks about the consistency he's seen on his own farm. We run a lot of checks with competitive products to make sure that, that we're offering our customers the best product that we possibly can. And time and time again, Fontenelle has, has come to the plate and hit base hit after base hit. For more, just contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or look us up on the web, Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labor. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Heather Ramsey. She is with the ARC Group. We left off kind of talking a little bit about what was going on with Russia and Ukraine. We know that it is quiet there, but still, I think from a wheat perspective um, and energy perspective, Heather, are they going to, markets going to continue to closely watch what's going on? 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question that any market tied into where Russia and Ukraine are concerned are going to continue to be extremely volatile based on what that relationship is like at the moment. You know, um, we've had a lot of conversations with our clients just trying to help them understand what that potential conflict, you know, what markets it affects. Um, when you start looking at nat gas and crude oil, I mean, clearly that is heavily influenced by what supply is coming out of Russia um, and what they're doing with the rest of the world and how they're treating the rest of the world. Um, the other key thing I think that a lot of farmers don't really realize is that, you know, the Ukraine is the breadbasket of, of that whole entire European region, really. Um, very, very important to their, you know, food sustainability and, and all of that. And um, a big, big part of their export is, you know, wheat, sunflower, even soy, corn and soybeans. And so when you start taking them out of the global mix, potentially, you know, if they're in a wartime, you know, action, those exports, you know, potentially stop. Um, and so that really does affect the flow of global commodities trade, um, as whereas, you know, reliability of sourcing. And so really we're, we're kind of sitting here in the U.S. and unfortunately we would be a benefactor in that case where demand um, fulfillment would shift into our back door basically um, and, and fulfill some of those needs and commitments. Now, it's not a super long-term transition, I guess you'd say, if this is resolved, you know, quickly. Uh, but it's something to keep in mind. And that shift in demand also shifts domestically where and how things flow. So um, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And I, I think it's it's a bigger deal for commodities than maybe some might realize. Um, you know, not just the raw commodity side, but then where did, what do they process and create as a secondary commodity when you start looking at, you know, sunflower oil and, and, and things like that. So um, it, it's a really big deal. Right now things feel like maybe the tension isn't as high as it was. So we're going to continue to hope for that. We never want any, you know, war-type conflict to happen around the world. So we're going to continue to hope for that and hope that that... Um, maybe is a little bit more of a stabilizing factor for us in our markets instead of having such volatile swings in that corn and that wheat market related to the Ukraine and Russian conflict. So is that part of the reason then energies and crude have been off like they've been today? Yeah, you know, that could very well be. Um, that tension, like I said, seems to have backed off a little bit. And when you look at how much Russia supplies of you know, natural gas, especially to the EU, if they're in conflict with the EU, where are they getting their energy from? Um, and that's actually not an easy question to answer because the way that that is all structured, uh, then we'd be talking about them having to, you know, float that gas across an ocean to supply a lot of those countries. And that's not really a direction that they want to go, That nor is it sustainable. Um, so when the tensions are low and things are decent, that means that there's an overall sense of, you know, backing off of energy premiums um, when that happens. When tensions get high, then we start to see this natural gas number continue to creep up. So we're definitely not, like, down and out of the woods with Russia-Ukraine, but we've had enough statements. We've come across the desk on both of them um, that seems to be 
we're neutral right now. <laughs> so, and you know, I mean, you never can predict what any of them are going to do. Um, and you know, in general, like I said, that it's a, just a very precarious situation. Something that, from a commodity standpoint, we definitely need to pay attention to because just on the front end, you know, cost of net gas. Is, is one thing, but then you look at the back-end production, that affects fertilizer again. You know, if we have problems there, then we're talking about ramping up fertilizer costs globally again. And so from the farming side of things, it's really important for multiple reasons that we kind of be aware of what's going on over there. What's your thought on the uneventful uh, weather right now in South America? Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty status quo with what the forecast has said, hot dry uh that's really what's happening at this point um there's a lot of debate around if they were to even get rain what does that mean it's it's probably from what i'm reading it it seems that if they were to get rain it's more of a stabilizing of the crop all right sounds good heather what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to go to our website, check us out, um, agoristconsulting.net, or give us a call on that Lincoln office, 402-484-7474. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.